still worshipping God? <laughs> Last thing I heard, he started worshipping me! <laughs> this is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 33, for the week of June 9th, 2014. I am Red Hot Texas Style Chili David T. Cole, and I'm here with Chief Crunchy Sarah D. Bunting. Now in Blue Raspberry. Inevitable Sunburn Tara Ariano. But I reapplied! And Crazy Daisy Joe Reed. Sploosh! <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for bearing with us during our hiatus. Uh, Dave was not able to get it's all my fault get the 2.0 uh redesign up and also produce the podcast which is quite labor intensive tis if if you ask him he will tell you <laughs> yeah. um but to celebrate our return we've brought back our beloved joe reed hi joe joe hey guys hi, joe. joe very happy to be back this is a good good time to have joe back because we're doing a Roundup of lots of topics and lots of shows, and our subject this week is Dave. the summer TV weather report. We're going to uh, report on the highs and lows mm-hmm. of the summer t- uh, TV weather system. As I put it in the doc, maybe we each make one respectable bi- pick and one beloved garbage one. So that's what <laughs> you will be hearing today. All right. So shall I start? Sure. Please. Okay. okay. So uh, my TV high for the summer. And it's not a record high, but uh, for summer weather, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. And that is the Showtime show, Penny Dreadful. Cosign. Uh, which uh, in our house is called Penny Dreadful. I don't know why that started. It's not Penny Dreadful. Swedish chef presents Penny Dreadful. If you're not at all familiar with Penny Dreadful, it is basically um, a monster mash. Uh, monster mashup, really. Yeah, it's um, oh, it's a, vic- a graveyard smash. It really is. It's a Victorian take on all the classic movie monsters. Uh, you got your um, v- vampires. Yep. You've got your Egyptian mummies, yes. sort of. That uh, may also be a golem. It's not clear exactly yeah. what that they thing is. They play around with it. They yep. got their um, werewolves. We believe. They haven't actually made their appearance. That's true, yet. but but they're in the credits, so I right. I'm assured that we will see a werewolf um, in the show. And uh, other, yep. we got Dorian Gray's. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen his portrait yet. No, um, and it's just sort of a eclectic kind of mess. It's not the best written show. It's not the most coherent show. No, but it just sort of hits your lazy summer uh, watching yeah. buttons. Yeah, and like where things just happen. It's like, well, I mean, hang on a sec. <laughs> Spoilers a ho, fun ahoy. Um, where it'll just give you some twists, like Dorian Gray and uh, the American in the show, played by Josh Harnett, mm-hmm. are uh, listening to some music together. And you think one of them is trying to sort of out the other as uh, playing a role as sort of a dummy that he's not really. Mm-hmm. Then it turns out they're just going to start kissing and making out. Yeah, they are. Time out. Wow. I'm several episodes behind. Uh-huh. I will not be several episodes behind by the end of this day. No. Okay. I tried <laughs> I to tell you. I, I tweeted, I can't tell you why you need to watch episode four of Penny Dreadful, but you do, and that's what happens in the very, now I the know very why. last minute, some gay stuff. 
You guys, I gotta go. Is what I'm <laughs> this was really nice. Thank you for having me. But I really look at the time. Oh my god, I really. Bye. Bye, go. Uh, as I said, when and. My criticism of the show from the first episode stands to it. I just wish the show had sort of a sense of humor about itself. I think that's the missing element. It's not good enough to take itself totally seriously. Mm-hmm. And the the premise is silly enough that to inject some humor into it would do it well. Ah! Not zaniness. I'm not talking, yeah. Amer- you know, like American Horror Story, you know, wackiness with, you know, Stevie Nicks appearing or something like that. Right. I just mean, like, a little a wink Hill now and then. Or there. I mean... You know? <laughs> Hill chases, I mean, or, like, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow realizing that Ichabod Crane... Maybe not Yakety Sax crazy. Maybe just, you know, maybe just boing. I think Frankenstein <laughs> Monster and his job as, like, a curtain puller in the theater is not... a little bit of a joke. Yeah, but I feel like it's played... No, it's not played that way. I just wish it was a little winky, that's all. I think, I think it would benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like. I really like it too. So I've been trying to get Sarah on board with it because I think I think she would especially enjoy it. I think it would. It especially since Turn was such a bummer for you, Sarah. I uh-huh. think this would be a better like supernatural costume. Dra- I mean, Turn wasn't supernatural at all. Maybe that was the problem. But it, it would supernaturally it would, boring. <laughs> but it would. I, I think it would. Um, it would scratch your Sleepy Hollow itch. In, okay. in ways yeah. you would find enjoyable. Yeah. And it's beautifully shot. It, it looks, looks really great. great. Yeah. Um, and I think the actors are all actually really good in it. I, I tend to uh, give Ava Green a wide berth for her sort of weirdness. But um, it, it, it leans into her weirdness. I mean, it, I gives, like it gives her a reason to be that weird. <laughs> yeah. She was in, was she in the first um, Daniel Craig Bond? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. Okay. She's I was the one who liked her, so. Yeah, <laughs> I like her. And, and the guy who plays Dr. Frankenstein is really good and yeah. sort of really got me on board with yeah. him from like a very early stage in those first few scenes with him in, his, in the first episode. And I'm a big fan of Timothy Dalton's work. Uh, mm-hmm. I always feel like he got a raw deal on the Bond thing. And yeah. he's, he's a great he's scenery totally chewer. He, he really, is. Like, he's Huff an Huff unexpectedly Huff? great scenery chewer. I yeah. would also just back to Dr. Frankenstein for a second. He, he was discussed by us in the first iteration of this podcast when we forced, or Dave forced Joe to watch Attack the Block. He was like the male lead yeah. of that movie. Oh, is that him? Yes, I told you that. I know. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> you love me. Um, yeah, so I, as it'll, it'll, it'll scratch a summer viewing itch. Um, are we going to go... It's just so different from everything else that's on, too, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. refreshing. I mean, especially in the summer months, if you don't have AC, it might make you feel cold to watch Belfast standing the in other, for Victorian The London. other thing about the show is it seems to be comfortable setting up sort of a, a giant spread like they're only in the fifth episode. I don't think it's aired yet. Yes, it has. It, it has. Aired okay. So the fifth episode is like this. It's all flashback, yeah. and it's all just like one character mm-hmm. thing. And 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 for a fifth episode of a show, that's it's pretty daring. Yeah. And Dave's girlfriend Anna Chancellor shows up. That's right. She plays hey. plays Eva Green's mom. Yeah. Um. So you know, it it does take some chances. Um. It is well shot, and it is novel. There are butts and, and nudity. Guys, and, I don't want to get anybody too excited. And gay stuff. There is gay stuff. There, uh, we saw the uh, character of, was it Ren? What's his name? Ren. Well, they call him something else, but it's Fair. Ren, Renfield. Renfield's in it. So I'm Renfield. just saying, Dracula, NBC Dracula is gone, but who knows? We may be seeing a little Dracula on the Betty Dreadful. Well, I mean. Me- I have to call my agent and find out. Yes. Me- Look, guys. 
I'm not saying that every week you should have a mini where Dracula reviews the past week's Penny Dreadful. I'm just saying that sometimes <laughs> suggestions for the suggestion box are good, and that is mine. All right. Now, Penny Dreadful spoilers! I've ended! Blah! Should we go all positive and then all... Yeah, let's okay. do that. So let yeah. me throw it to Joe. Uh, okay, so mine is... Uh, I'm not really going to stretch too far. Uh, I'm going to say that my best summer show is Orange is the New Black, uh, which I am currently in the thick of. I just finished episode 10. Um, the the way, we, the way we talk about this show is still, to me, somewhat of a challenge yeah. because it only uh, uh, premiered, I guess is the word, last Friday. Um and I sort of, I because of work concerns, I binged through the first six episodes at work on Friday, and I've been working my way through the season since. Um, I think there was sort of collectively a bit of a worry that because this is, like, it's Genji Cohan and, like, Weeds sort of left a bad taste in people's mouths from, like, starting out good and then getting uh, worse as it went along... Um, I that's think that's also was a lot every of... show, by the way. Oh yeah, of course. Like that's the thing, and especially as shows that go on as long as that one did. Yeah. Um, but I think people were sort of collectively very wary that this was going to not live up to the promise of the first season, and I think it has. And I, I'm gonna have to wait till the end of the season to maybe say whether it's better than the first season. But I really think it's expanded the universe. I really am happy that it has. Except for Piper and a little bit of Red, it's been all new flashbacks. Like, nobody who had a flashback last season got a flashback this season thus far. It's all characters who you really loved in the first season and wanted to see more of, but didn't really know what their stories were. So you got Tasty, and you got Crazy Eyes, and you got uh, Pusey, who's my favorite. Oh my god. Um, So... (laughs) It's been really, really... I think it's really taken advantage of... A very strong ensemble. I know on Twitter, Todd Vanderwerf mentioned Deadwood in relation to it in terms of being able to have this super wide canvas of characters that you care about almost all of them. And that's really rare. And even like the guards and the administration who could really were sort of flirting with caricature and like dastardliness in the first season, with the exception of Pornstash, they've all been fairly well deepened. Um in the second season. I've really, I've been loving Warren it. Stash has a, you know, grill full of scenery from the SVU set. So yeah, well, and he... I blame him too much for whatever's going he on. He came back for second helpings in his very first scene when he comes back to this, so... Jesus. Yeah. Read um, the scripts first, bruh. <laughs> um, am I the only one who's who's started yet, or... We're, we we're only up to We watched episode four last four? night. Yeah. yeah, we're sort of a... Uh, because we have the luxury of assigning other people to cover it, we are yeah. uh, not having to uh, bulldoze our way through the season like we did the first time around, it's, which is it's nice. It's nice but. to, uh, yeah, it's nice to savor it. It's yeah. Kind of, it makes it a nice treat. Like, that oh, is, yeah, we could watch another yeah, episode I mean, of Orange is the New Black. I am I'm bored the, you know, uh, f- you know uh, the whole season, you know, fully formed from the forehead of Zeus kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have to work in that environment, I mean, not yes. to get yeah. too inside baseball, but when it's you have true, to cover though. it, it, it's difficult. I don't think anybody's really cracked that nut because it's really like people like are all over the map as far as where, where they've watched it and how they want to talk about it. And to cover it in a meaningful way when you're spending real money on it, um, it's hard because like 
do I cover episode seven now when I think only 20% of the people and yeah. are they going to come back to it if I do one a week? The answer to all that is no, they don't. Like either you ha- you you happen to to catch them when they watch it and right. you luck out, but it's really hard to, uh, to cover the show. And I remember when Rust of Development came out, um, the Netflix season, like it was just sort of, I mean, granted it wasn't the best season of that show, but yeah. it was just sort of like, it, as far as press goes, it just sort of like, it was just a tiny little blip. And I felt like the first season of Orange is the New Black got a longer uh, coverage window, but not like, um, I, I don't feel like it got as much coverage as the as the show was good. You know what I mean? No, I know. Yeah. And it's and talking about it uh, socially, either in person or like social <laughs> media, has become the sort of, it's like you're looking for a drug Where dealer you? and you're just sort yeah. of just like, Epis- episode five, yeah. can we talk about like three? <laughs> and then you just sort of like sneak off into a corner and like discuss it all on your own. And because episode or uh, House of Cards was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I was like adult diaper, gorp, we're fucking doing this. We did too. Well, that was my truthful title card for uh, House of Cards, which was just called "What episode of House of Cards are you on?" Yeah. Because that's yeah. really the dialogue you have to have. Did you get to the one with the Meacham thing? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, that yeah. was the question that you were asking. Like Meach around. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who had the tweet with Me. Meach around? Well, I, so I didn't. Still... T- it's, I retweeted it from someone else. But yeah, Bo Williman was at the ATX Festival this weekend, and they at the panel. He referred to that moment as the meet around. That's pretty, uh-huh. that's pretty good. Brilliant. That's your, like, like, that's your like shibboleth. You're just sort of like, what, <laughs> just like, what's the, what's the code word? And then you know that they're in. I also like meet some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just wish there was some sort of way to do it, but I mean, it's just going to be one of those things where we just yeah. have to, you know, live with it. And that's fine because I'm, we'll as a consumer, I love, I love having them there mm-hmm. at yeah. my pace. And sometimes... You know, you want to watch them all at once. But yes, I know what you, you mean. It's it 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 takes away the collective experience. It of does. watching a show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Tara, um, my respectable show has not actually premiered yet, but it is Masters of Sex. Very excited for season two. I loved season one. I'm ex- and I'm excited that they decided to um, premiere something that's so prestige in the summer. It doesn't really feel like a summer show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not really much more to say about it. I think I, I commented it on it very at various points during the season on this podcast, but uh, I'm very interested to see where these relationships go. I hope that mom hasn't taken up too much of Alice and Janney's time so that she can come back because she was one of my favorite characters. But uh, no, I haven't watched. Yes. But uh, so who plays who plays He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> and he holds up the giant dildo and he says i have the pa- no correct that's, right. that's correct see <laughs> we watched uh what was it, what's it called metastasis metastasis on Univision. someone on twitter I'm, i regret I'm, I'm sorry i don't remember who it was but asked if we were going to cover it and i thought that meant that they knew something about like that it was going subtitled. to be subtitled in english this is the the breaking the colombian breaking bad remake oh it was not um, but we, no. but it took like three minutes of the because of the there's no dialogue in the first three minutes of the pilot, so we didn't know for that whole time if there were going to be subtitles, and then there weren't. But Dave had a Walter Blanco, Walter Blanco, oh, yeah. Lo siento, Heisenberg with a J. Apparently, it was a screen grab that I, someone posted, and they really awesome. mixed it up because he he doesn't have an RV; he has an old bus. Yeah, es- oh, wow. Escolar. Yeah, but it was different because in the in the pilot of of this one, there was a whole bunch of dead people in the RV to start. Aren't they in the original Breaking Bad pilot? I don't think so. I don't remember. Well, they started a a little bit of a flash forward. Yeah, yeah, no, the same thing. But okay, maybe I just remember. Show him throwing his. Yeah, you start with pants, and I think those those dudes. 
to a ghost dude end up dead, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, it's been a while. It has been a while. We're off topic, but there's not much <laughs> more to say about Masters of Sex other than that I'm excited to see it, and um, I believe if you have Showtime on demand, you can you can watch all of season one and because it was great. Have we heard of cast uh, cast additions for the second season? I know Sarah Silverman is guesting on it, but I'm not sure if she's going to be in every episode. I'm sure I think Sarah Silverman's just basically, what can sure. I show my boobs at now? <laughs> what, she seems she what? seems to reach that. Well, that that's her that, now that she's she's broken that barrier for herself. Right, she's and the she, Tara Reid of 2014. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. That, that's, that's uncalled for. Yeah, it, it must be hard for a show like Masters of Sex to cast actresses who have big naturals, though, because yeah. that's that was the age she does to, by her yeah. own by her own description. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sarah. Okay. Well, there's speaking no of segue. big naturals, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say big naturals is the best trivia team name I've ever heard. By the way, yeah, <laughs> that's bullshit. Uh, so about prison, um, <laughs> my predicted high is Rectify, which also is not back yet. A couple weeks. Uh, I'm very excited for the second season of this. And uh, I hope that um, I think people who watched it and got into it last year are sort of have very high expectations of what's uh, for what's going to happen in the second season. Uh, I'm pretty confident Uh because it was a very, I mean, it was a short debut. It was six episodes, but it was very assured. It had its own pace and like took its time doing what it wanted to do. And my favorite part of it is that like, I'm not convinced that I'm not convinced that most of the season was not a dream sequence a la Jacob's ladder, which I mean, are we going to put a spoiler warning on that? Cause it's 20 years old. No, nope. whatever. <laughs> um, he's, he's dying. It's an Ambrose Bierce like neuron flash at the end of his life. The whole movie is him dying. And I, I wonder if this isn't his death row. Yeah. What he's thinking about as he walks to the chair, but even if it's not like the, the acting is amazing. Jay Smith Cameron is great. Uh, the lead guy is great. Uh, of course I've forgotten his name. That's how great he is. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for it to come back and I'm very interested to see what they do because the, the first season took place over the course of like a week, two weeks. Yeah. It was a very so, short length of time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So they still have, they still have a lot. Um, they still have a lot they can explore. They really didn't address like the show is very cagey about whether or not he actually did what he was accused of. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was let out because he didn't get a fair trial, I think, but, or evidence was compromised, but the show hasn't really taken a position on whether or not he actually killed this girl. If you if you don't know, it's the it's the story of a guy who's been on death row for decades and is exonerated very belatedly and gets out. And so it's about him reintegrating in with his family, which has obviously changed a lot since he's been gone. And the ongoing fight to, you know, maintain his innocence and stuff. And if you haven't seen season one, it's so good. And it's all um, you can stream it on Netflix and you should because it's amazing. Yeah, and he's, to clarify, he isn't actually exonerated. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Right. So that's, I mean, I thought that was a really cool take on it, that the show sometimes implies that it's possible that he could have done it and that Mm -hmm. there's maybe something not quite um, psychonormative about him, that there's something a little off, and does that mean that he committed this crime? Anyway, uh, I've been drumming my fingers waiting for this to come back for like a year, so yay, rectify. 
All right. So now let's move on to the lows. I will admit I sort of screwed up my pick. I just realized we were supposed to pick a beloved low, <laughs> not a low low, but let's just roll with it. Mm-hmm. So everybody else has probably got the right picks. I'm just going to give you a straight up garbage, not beloved garbage. And that is the AMC attempt to recapture some sort of nostalgic uh, hit. And that is Halt and Catch Fire, mm-hmm. the Texan computer show. Mm-hmm. Um, premise, interesting to me. I sort of grew up using computers while these people were building these computers. You know, my first computer was sort of a VIC-20, so I'm sort of like that. I'm that old. Um, and I was in for it, and man, is this show boring. Wow. <laughs> it's so boring. Nothing happens like on this show. this show. The many variations on boring that you can fit into the name. <laughs> oh, my. Dolt God. and catch fire. Oh, God. Halt and catch bore. Yeah. Halt and catch some Zs, as mm. Dave rendered it in the doc. Yeah. That is the show's great gift and only gift. And it is just like the show is about people coding and uh, people doing administrative paperwork to get around legal issues. Like, yeah, there if is you wanted to hear the on. phrase BIOS code 700 times, I really recommend episode two. And a lot of whiteboards <laughs> with, with hex codes on them. That you can't, no one can understand. And like, by I the way, nobody's using know. whiteboards in the 80s. Not, I, in, they not existed, in 1983. They existed, but it, they weren't popular use. Nobody would have them in that no. place. They'd be chalkboards. Anyway, but we were like three quarters of the way through because I put it on the calendar, on our editorial calendar to write something about it. And I had, I was under the impression that we were going to get screeners of it. And then we, we didn't. <laughs> now we and know then, why. N- well, mm. and then, yeah, because they, they put up episode one early for people to sample, which apparently no one did because the ratings for episode one were T-E-arable. <laughs> <laughs> right. And no one is going who was like, oh, maybe because okay, after, after the first one, I was like, I don't really know who the show is for, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of intrigued by it. And then episode two is like, I don't even know what I would write about this because I'm so bored. Yeah. Like, it's just it was a lot of wrangling. And they even had a brief could have been a makeover sequence. And then they didn't even commit to that. So it's like you let there's nothing here for me. No, yeah, I think Tara had to do a shot of espresso just to IM me and be like, <laughs> this is too boring for me to write about. Yeah. So like nominally, like what is the conflict? So the idea is that there's this dude. He's That's supposed to be the, the Don the Draper-y kind right. of character, That's right? Lee Pace. And right. he uh, is some sort of ne'er-do-well that sort of seems to be skipping businesses and ruining them. And he comes to this Cardiff Electronics. Well, uh, it seemed like in the second episode, like his dad might be some kind of muckety-mucket IBM. But basically he forced to him. He, he, he gets people to reverse engineer a computer and that gets IBM suing the company that he's now working at. And basically he forces his company's hand to complete the process of of bringing a computer to market to save the company itself because he brought in IBM's wrath on them. (sighs) All right. So that is like, that is the force of the show. And then there are, Hey, what's going on back there? Hey, wake up. Uh, And then like, there's all these characters that are helping build that. And there's a lot of binders of printouts of codes and stuff. And it's just like, it's an interesting era, but it is not interesting drama. Like I would like to read a magazine article about it. The only thing really good thing about this show is the opening credits are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Like just seek them out on YouTube. They're like, kind of like, all you like, you'll want to do the robot as you're listening to them. They're really great. <laughs> 
but yeah, the show's kind of a stinker. Guys. Is it something that like could work as a movie even? Like if you just sort of like concentrated <laughs> it and like really sort of made it period uh, specific? I, I mean, maybe. I mean, I think the closest thing's probably like the... Pirates the, of Silicon Valley. Yeah, that or the Facebook movie, yeah. you know, like something like that. I know you guys didn't like it. I didn't see it. But I mean, this that sort of thing is just sort of like... But the, difference between, but the difference between either of those and this is that those were stories of real things that actually happened involving real people. Like, yeah. this is all yeah. fictional. Yeah. So as I wrote in my first post on the, on the, on the show... Part of the problem for me is, like, the imaginative leap of, like, well, I know this isn't a real company. <laughs> like, none of this really happened. Mm-hmm. I have no investment in whether this, you know, if this is really the story of Compaq or something. Right. Which they right. refer to, so it's not. But, right. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to care when you know you can't go to Best Buy and buy, like, a Cardiff Electric laptop. Because you can't. <laughs> it's not right. a real company. Yeah. So if you were thinking about watching it, I would say give it a pass. Yeah, don't. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Joe? <laughs> Um, okay, so this is sort of a struggle for me. Um, I don't give <laughs> oh, no. things up easily. Uh-oh. Um, I've stuck with a garbage show like Big Brother <laughs> for literally 194 years. Like, <laughs> I am the oldest living person because I've been watching Big Brother Moon and I won't pies. give it up. Um, I I had also watched every single season of The Real World, and The Real World broke me this year, but I feel like The wow. Real World... Holy I know. Back up. That's a hot scoop. I know. Well, <laughs> Joe okay, Reed gave up on The Real World? Are you I still watching like The, the Challenge? World, oh, I'm still watching The Challenge. Okay. I'm ride or die for The Challenge. I feel like The Real World gave up on me, <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Aww. The Real World went and changed. I didn't change. Yeah. Like... Yeah. The real world sort of fucked up its formatting so bad and basically became a different show. Not even just sort of like, well, now it's just seven strangers and all their exes. Like, but well, tried to be the challenge, and then ironically, and even just the way it filmed, like it looked different. It looked cheaper. It looked incredibly it look cheaper. Which is like, it's not it, not a non cheap looking show to begin with. Like, <laughs> yeah, how to make how, it look more? It was cheap. almost like, how did they do that? Yeah, like it's straight to like yeah. from actual tape. Yeah. Wow. So Big Brother is is a show that I used to enjoy more than I have in the last several seasons. The last several seasons have sort of devolved into, I got really into it for a good like month and a half. And then I really sort of like fell off by the end. Nobody really remembers that this show like goes into September. Oh yeah. Like it really, really drifts like long, long, long. And you're just like, but there's preseason football on like what's happening. So like, uh, last season, as I like to call the racist season, because holy shit, it was, Oh, yeah, right. So racist. So racist that the show had to acknowledge how racist it was. So racist that, like, the racism played into, like, the eliminations. Like, it actually, like, racism became a text in the show. It was really, really, really bad. Um, So I, while I sort of would, like, check in every once in a while and say, like, how's that racist doing? Did that racist (laughs) get their comeuppance? What's up with Blondie? Like, um... And then ultimately, like, the least offensive gay guy ever, like, won somehow. So, whatever. Um, And I think he was also a little racist. And, like, he was, like, at the end, like, (laughs) hugging these girls who called him, like, faggoty Andy and shit like that. Not even making that up. That is what they called him. Um, So it was, like, it was the worst. And I I really, really think I may not go back. Um, even though I, I'm going to say that now and now that's on the record so that when I do end up going back, you can all call me on it and call me a horrible I, hypocrite. I have a solution for you, Joe. Yes. I am 
I understand that Canada has a big brother, and that you know that the Canadian big brother people are going to be very polite and not racist. So if you want to remove the racist component from big brother, maybe you want to check it out. I did, I may, yeah, maybe I'll track that down. I did see a couple of episodes while I was in Canada, and it appeared that there was not just a Muslim character, but multiple Muslim characters, or at least like Middle Eastern, Whoa, people of that, Middle Eastern descent. Right. That's not legal in the United States. That's really, so, you have to like, <laughs> Canada's breaking all the rules. They That's have amazing. the two on... The Amazing Race, and then that's okay. it. They've they've occupied those slots for all of American reality <laughs> television. American TV, you've hit your quota. But Good job. Right. The, so then, the, are you curious at all as to whether CBS has not just corrected this issue with like maybe more careful casting and background checks of the potential contestants this season, but have they maybe overcorrected to the point where it's going to be? boring this is why i'm going to end up being curious at least in the first few weeks to see what it is (laughs) i mean they've had bad people before but like the pr was really bad for them last summer and they've Mm -hmm. they've hardly ever they've usually been pretty teflon about it and last year they were not and even julie chen was giving interviews about it where she was like yeah i'm not cool with this like i I have to think that part of this that was the her going to someone, maybe her husband, I understand. Yeah. He's somewhat powerful at CBS. Being like, right. could you maybe not get clan members for me to pretend to have to like on this show? Thanks. That was the best, the one good part of That's that season last year. Is, is when like people would get eliminated and you were like, oh, this one's especially racist. And they would like walk out into like the interview area. And Julie Chen would be sitting there like Michelle Visage at the, real, <laughs> at the drag race table with like her arms crossed and just be like, so... Care, care to explain yourself? <laughs> and it's the most I've ever liked Julie Chen, and I'm generally fairly pro Julie Chen, so that's saying something. But yeah. like, yeah, that was fun. Hmm. Sarah, um, my guilty pleasure TV show, I guess, uh, or summer TV show is Witches of East End. Nice. Um, which I actually forgot was backed up on my DVR from December uh, until recently. I just found them and was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm uh, like just swooping straight from. Like, I managed to sort of bond the two seasons so that uh, I'm watching the end of uh, of the December season, and then season two starts in a few weeks. Um, basically, it's uh, witches with beautiful hair extensions so living in the Hamptons or Connecticut or somewhere. And uh, it's practical magic, but the TV show. And it's, you know, it's not... Perfect, but Madchen Amik has been waiting for this role her whole life. She is what my a trooper that favorite one Favorite thing on the show. I mean, she was on Dawson's for Christ's sake. She was on uh, Gilmore Girls. I she think. was Doing on Sleepwalkers. By... <laughs> she was on what? Sleepwalkers. <laughs> I heard sleepfuckers. I was like, I... she's was probably that in that too. She had a very dark you. period in her career <laughs> where she had to go around sleepwalking and fucking guys. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw the movie. James Spader was in it. 93. Joe, back me up. Um, Yeah, it's fun. Like, you don't have to pay close attention to it. Like, there's a shapeshifter or there's not. Virginia Madsen's evil because she's just a bitch or she's evil because she's, like, a bad witch who was shapeshifted. Doesn't matter. It's going to be different in the next episode. Ingrid will, like, be in the library looking up books and making eyes at the cute cop from town. Uh, who she'll then reanimate as a zombie, maybe, and keep him in her bedroom. Speaking of sleep fuckers, mm-hmm. got pretty intense <laughs> on the Lifetime Network at ten o'clock. I'm just saying, um, yeah, it's it's fun. You don't have to pay too close attention to it, and it's like witch TV for people who don't like witch TV, which is totally me. Yeah, it's cute. I like it too. Let me ask you a question. 
how good are these witches at creating computers from other computers? And and follow up. <laughs> Na. How would these witches do against the witches of Salem? Oh. oh. Wait. In a land competition using their computers. <laughs> I think the Witches of Salem would be very confused. I think the game they would be playing would be Doom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or Risk. Yes. Right. Um, the, Salem is a lot more bonkers than Witches of East End. Salem is more to, like, the scandal end of the TV spectrum. Um, All right. Witches of East End is something where, like, if you watched it with your mom, it would be okay. No <laughs> one is coughing up a frog and then nursing it on a nipple on their naked inner thigh. As happens on Salem. Time out. Okay. Yeah, now I've got two shows I've got to catch up on. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. If you are a person, and I know you people are out there, and it is okay, who struggle with Julia Ormond's various accent <laughs> things, yep. this is not a show for you. Tr- trigger warning, Julia Ormond's accent. <laughs> she sounds like she has Catherine Hepburn stuck in her throat. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't mind this. Other people can't take it. If you can't take it, don't watch this show. But if you enjoy long, strawberry blonde hair extensions, you are in for all the treats. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And that's mine. Um, mine is another one that has not premiered yet, but that I'm quite excited for. It's on the E! Network. It is a reality program. It is called Botched. Whoa. It's about botched plastic surgery, guys. There's no way I would not be watching this show. It was made for me. How do they get releases for that? This hits your every button, doesn't That's, it? I want to see the show about the people that had to convince them to get the releases for I this assume show. it's about people getting their shit fixed. So uh, that it's probably either the show pays for it or it's, a, or it's about their journey. Right, you right. Know? Yeah. But still, there's going to be before shots of people's fucked up boobs. Sure. That's that's what I'm in for. Like, right. embarrassing <laughs> bodies hasn't been on BBC America and a donkey. You put sandwich. it on my shoulder. <laughs> that's a t- that is a trivia team name. Embarrassing before bodies. shots of people's fucked up boobs. <laughs> Don't touch it. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. So That botched. is what they've said on the show as well. Look out for that on the good old E! Network. Uh, and, good old uh, E! Yep. You garbage network. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're, we're covering a lot of TV show ground today. Uh, let's go around the dial. And Tara, we're going to let you go first. Um, I had t- I actually have two. I had a late edition. But Ooh. so first, let's talk about the Veep finale. <laughs> Fucking so Veep! Good. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> so good. So good. Jonah and his mom. Jonah and his mom. And, and his the portrait. portrait. <laughs> <laughs> the painting of Jonah in his high school fucking polo shirt oh god God, it's perfect um i'm i'm very interested in the corner that they've kind of painted themselves into with this plot line if you haven't seen it oh do you want me to Nah, it aired on sunday people this people aren't gonna hear this until tuesday or wednesday you knew what you were getting into people yeah this is this is not a spoiler but what happens at the there was it was a two-part finale at the end of part one selena finds out that the president is going to resign in before his term is over because of his wife's uh, problems and then so dave was like well that could, didn't dave didn't realize there was still another episode left because <laughs> i was like well i guess this is happening because i thought like you know if that could have been a pretty good cliffhanger for yeah. if that had if that had i been assume the that was finale. the case yeah because then it's like well what's going to happen to make this fall apart yeah right for him to change his mind or whatever yeah but then he really does and she really takes the oath of office twice Um, And she gets sworn in, but then it's still the campaign and she comes in third in the New Hampshire primary. So it's like, how is this going to resolve itself? 
Yeah, how long will she actually be president for? Right, and then I yeah. thought, I was thinking, like, you know, people on the boards have various theories about it, like, you know, maybe one of the other candidates wins the nomination, and then she ends up being their uh, their um, running mate. So it'll stay Veep, so ways for it to stay Veep. But then I thought, another way could be, it could end up, I mean, not that I want any show to not have Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it, because she's fucking incredible, but... Right. It could end up being about her Veep or whoever the next Veep is. Like presumably, yeah. it could it could totally change. Law and it order could, it up because that's how they did it on the thick of it, where it would yeah. be like it would be different politicians after a while. Yeah, that would actually be a really good idea. I mean, I, I can't see it happening on a an American show. No. It would it, it would be very weird for them to er it, you know? Yeah, but it could happen. I mean, huh. so it'll, yeah. it, but, uh, but this, the general consensus on the, on our bulletin boards, which you should yeah. visit. Bulletin lots boards. Of, lots of smart people, whatever. On Check the, us out on Fidonet. On the forums. <laughs> Fuck, whatever. Why are you antagonizing me today? <laughs> Say. <laughs> Hello, lawsuit. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, anyways. You are exhausting. <laughs> Did. Did I... <laughs> there it is. Thank did I, you. Did I tell you guys Reed Scott favorited a tweet of mine last week? No, but that's amazing. Uh, I tweeted at, because the previous week's episode, when Dan comes back from his, uh, sci- uh, whatever, psychiatric furlough, yeah, yes. um, with the beard, and so I tweeted just like, maybe in all caps, maybe not, I was just like, Dan Egan's beard, like you guys. <laughs> it was a moment. I had to have a couple of moments. And so, like, literally, like, two days later, all of a sudden, I see, like, Reed Scott has favorited your tweet, and it was that tweet, so I was very oh, happy. Nice. Yeah, Timothy Simon's tweet and and the Veep account both um, t- either faved or retweeted my post about... Jonah's closing monologue in the episode with Dan's breakdown with this whole oh, thing. Oh, God. Tiny yeah. boy balls. Um, <laughs> uh, forum theory. Oh, yeah. The, the, everyone seems to think, because we know it's coming back for one more season, but that, that next season will probably be the end. Oh, really? Oh, okay. But we have no way of knowing that. Right, sure. I mean, I'm sure HBO wants to ride its award pony into the ground, but yeah. with Armando Iannucci behind it, maybe they won't be able to yep. do that. Speaking right. of award ponies, fucking Louie. I wait. Was that the theory? <laughs> what fucking Louis? No, was that the forum? The forum theory was just that next season is going to be the end. That, oh, that, I see. That, that'll be it'll oh, end. It'll end it. with her losing the campaign, and that'll be the end of the got show. Got it? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Louis, here we go. Holy shit! It's been so <laughs> self indulgent. I <clears throat> last night's episode, as we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, it was an hour and a half. It was all one story. It had nothing to do with the episode before it, which whatever, that's his right, I suppose. But an hour and a half is a long time for what is supposed to be a situation comedy Mm -hmm. to impose itself on me and my (laughs) busy TV schedule when Orange is the New Black just came back four days earlier. And it was all about fucking Louis, not even him, it was like adolescent Louis his pursuit of weed as a kid like the only thing more boring than people actually doing that is watching fictional people do that and (laughs) jeremy renner shows up for no reason as a dealer it was like uh, just to be mean to you basically right like that felt antagonistic just to you it was a personal fuck you to me that is how i felt (laughs) and i and i i i feel like 
you're not supposed to say that Louis is boring, but it's really been boring this season when it hasn't been outright offensive, frankly. I was going to say, aside from the rape scenes, it's aside from been the very rape boring. scenes with multiple ladies, P.S. Um, and, you know, the theory is that he's they, they're going somewhere where that's going to resolve and it's going to be like, well, there's been a reason why he's been exploring this idea. I hope sure. that's true. I mean, I will watch the last two episodes of the season because I have to see how the Pamela story end is, ends. But this In the Woods episode with all the the drug stuff, like, after a half hour, I was like, this, that, it's enough. Like, how, how dare you, sir? After, at long last, have you no shame? It's like <laughs> basically how I felt about this episode. The first episode of the season was so funny, It was too. really funny. It started both of those, off those so two, good. Both of those two first episodes were pretty funny, I <laughs> yeah. thought. Uh, the model one was a little weird, but uh, but I I don't. It, you're not supposed to say you don't like it, but I, I really don't like it. <laughs> this I don't like I it felt, anymore. Tara, this is how I felt for literally like three years. Where I it's get like, it. I'm not, so, I'm not supposed to say that I don't didn't like you know the first season, so I'm not watching it anymore. And like, yeah. so I'm just gonna not talk about it. Like that'll be how I. I, I always said about Louis that when he decides to do an episode that is funny, it mm-hmm. really hits with me. Yes, and I find them quite funny. Yes, uh, but then he, you know, he. And once in a while, the the uh, serious episodes well, it, it do turns strike into a that, chord. Yeah, but there are ones where it's just like, well, I didn't. Yeah, I just like okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's sort of like the established comedian's version of like you know high school poetry or something. Yes. Oh God, you're so right. You know, like it's just <laughs> yes. like I get it. Yeah. I can't not get what you're doing. Right. I wish you were either funnier or more subtle or more nuanced when right. you do these sort of episodes yes. because I feel like you're using your hammer over my head. And they're not, like, poorly made. They're just ill-conceived, I find, like some of yes. these, these episodes. And there's a, there's a Sorkin top note yes. of oh, yes. satisfaction. Like, I'm the one who thought the whatever fat girl speech one was well-delivered by the actress. Yeah. But... Very preachy mm-hmm. and not well, like what's there, what's, first drafty, and it's like yeah. people don't talk like this. This doesn't. This isn't telling me anything I didn't know. We're it, supposed to congratulate him for thinking that anybody above a size six is a human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, are, there are like there are sort of elements of. Louis has written an essay for a magazine and they rejected it, so he put it yes. in his show. Yes. Yeah. There are, you know, and, and I feel like there's been way more of those um, things in the past season and yeah. even creeping into the season before that than one and two. Yep. And I just like, I want to, I want Louis to entertain me. Well, and it's it's not to say that like stand up <laughs> comics can't work stuff Mm-mm. out, but it's nope. like you work it out in your comedy. Like make jokes about it that are funny. If you wanted yeah. to make a drama show, and I don't yeah. begrudge a comedian for mixing it up. Like I kind of feel like Louis sometimes feels like he's trying to capture something about George Carlin, where George Carlin was able to do jokes, but also very infuse it with a very unique position, right? Mm-hmm. But he had like philosophies and was sort of a exactly. teller. Right. But- I mean, George Carlin towards his end had a period where he was just sort of like quite angry with everything. I was going to say, but comparing before Louis that, C.K. to George no, 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 Carlin no, no, is but like I mean, going to win I, me I, over. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that um, I feel like like he's he's trying to capture something of that where he can be at once 
the comedian and a philosopher, but he's schizophrenic in that regards, where he's either the comedian or the philosopher, and never the two shall meet. Something, you know, what I mean, that's the impression I get with the latest Louis season. Mm-hmm. And I wish either he would get better at at melding them, or lead the philosophy for you know go into his Patton Oswald period where he does all these other things on the web where yeah. he spouts off all his diatribes and all his you know blah blah blahs and Better then yet, don't uh, well I was gonna say don't get me started <laughs> well I'll come either but I put understand it, what you're saying put it in a container yes put it off his show yes give me the Louis I like that's all I mean yeah that's all I'm saying well I mean regardless like as I said I'll, I'll see how this this storyline that he started ends up which is next week is the the yeah. two the last two episodes yeah. of the season but uh that's probably it for me, uh, I, do I don't necessarily s- need to see more of this. Just to temper everything I've said, I will say the garbage scene in the first episode was is great. like in my top ten things of 2014. That's, that was so good, yes. and it was like really hit so much about like waking up, living in New York, being perturbed, how it feels. Like it was such a perfect scene, mm-hmm. and but uh, so you know we he can be super awesome. Yeah. I just wish he would do it more often. <laughs> yeah. I would also be curious to see the breakdown of like who has liked this season among critics, like men versus women. Because mm. oh, just yeah. anecdotally, from what I see on Twitter, there's a lot of like yeah. men being like, "It's so interesting." Mm. This this Amia storyline is really so lovely. And really, then women being like, "Ah, oh, that, I yeah. that I mean, That's subject matter gross. aside, that." dragged on for a long that was like six, well, six episodes, episodes. <laughs> six episodes of a woman he could literally not have a conversation with yeah Ugh. okay let's all right move moving on. on sorry all right joe um okay so i'm gonna take guest privilege and talk about uh, two things one thing really really quickly um i'm going through the entire series of the west wing on my tumblr so if anybody wants to come by and read those and go crazy with me and sort of dig through the minute details of this series that I've probably watched through about three times already. We'll link it in um, the show notes. Yeah, yeah. JoeReed.tumblr.com. Um, I had nothing else to do with that blog, so why not? Um, also, though, I wanted to report, because if nothing else, Extra Hot Great is the podcast that will tell you how to manage your home game nights. Um, <laughs> we had a game night, uh, game afternoon, I guess, this past weekend um, with former show guest uh, Adam Grossworth. He hosted and we did some Hollywood game night games. So this is how I'm tying this into television. Mm. Um, we did our level best to sort of adapt them uh, the most sort of friendly to uh, your home game as possible. The stuff that didn't need, let's say, giant blown up magazine covers or anything like that. Or mashed together faces, which are not fun anyway. So whatever. No, they, <clears throat> they haven't done that in ages, though. So we did four games, and I'm going to give them to you in the order of how much fun they were. So the very first one, I think has, I've only seen played on Hollywood Game Night once, and it's the one with the blocks with the letters on them, the, oh, yeah, they like did the it children's ag- blocks. They did that again this week. It's oh, in the, nice. It's in the latest episode as well. It's super, super fun to play. If you're playing with a group, what we did is we split everybody into, we had like 12 people, so we split people into teams of three. Everybody writes down one category uh, on a piece of paper and throws it in a bowl. And Adam bought a set of children's blocks Aww. for this because he's dedicated. And um, so you just sort of lay them out on the table and you pull, you pull the category. And then like each team like goes in order and like they have to, you know, grab a letter and name something from the category with that letter. On the show, it's and called Letter Habit. It is called Letter Habit. Um, the, the 
tip I'm going to give you for this game is set stringent time policies. Like, <laughs> don't only time the round, but like time each turn. So like you get four seconds to grab a letter or you pass, like that kind of thing. Yeah. To make it really, really like fast and intense. Um, it's a lot, a lot of fun. That was sort of so the it's sort un- of like categories, but the letter changes on every pull. It's you have the all of the letters of the alphabet in front of you, yeah. so you can just like so if you see D and it's like you know it's something that you know is a D, you grab it and you've got it. And so the category you, is like like top in the latest episode of the actual show. The category was top fifty fast food chains in America. Oh, I see. So uh-huh. you, you yeah, reach yeah. for W and you're like Wendy's, right. etc. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we did. How do you do the thing where you sing the songs and go do 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 do? That's another one. You just sort of like write down song titles, celebrity style, and throw them in a bowl. Sure. Um, that's a good one if you want to yell at people for being like, I didn't know September was the title of that song. How could I possibly know that kind of thing? Yep. Um, I was. I did a perfect. Perfect, no perfect version of Car- uh, Caribbean Queen, and nobody knew it, and I was so mad. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Do 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 do. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was great. TVID um, oh. is the one. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So TVID is the one where you bid. You look at a TV uh, title. You and somebody else on the other team. Um, see the TV title, and you're like, I could name that in three words. Or I could give clues to that in, th- in three words, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you can't use any of the words in the title, obviously, but you also can't say any character or actor, so taboo. actor name on the show. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Um, that is another one where uh, tight time limits are good because we sort of fell into the trap of people like really trying to work out the specific clues that they were going to give. And like, it just, it took too much time, like set very, very tight time limits in terms of like the negotiating for the clues. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's really good. Then the fourth one we did was take the hint, which it's three people on your team, uh, stand next to each other and do like the one word, one word, one word clues. So if it's like six feet under, you would do like funeral and you would be next to me and you'd say home. And somebody next to me would be like California. No, no, you would do, uh, arm, and then <laughs> numb. Is it? Narm. N- numb, and then you do numb, narm. arm, narm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, perfect. <laughs> um, so those were the four we tried. Those were pretty uh, raging successes, I would say. Nice. So, awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I highly encourage people to adapt these at their own games and maybe get back to us and let us know how it went. Okay. Uh, breaking news from yesterday. Possible Clone High movie. Yes. The creators, which their names are, Tara. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Um, are sniffing around, trying to see if it might be possible. Fingers crossed. They, they've is... got as much clout as they've ever had, I will oh, say that. Oh, yeah. Lego movie and Cloudy 20... with a Chance of Meatballs. And, and 21 Jump Street Yeah, movies. 21 Jump Street. Yep. Uh, Part of the problem is they have a deal set up at one company. Bill Lawrence, who's the executive producer of Clone High, has his deal set up somewhere else. And then uh, I think a third company owns the actual rights to Clone High, so it's all... And Canada's involved somehow. Complex. Canada is involved somehow, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, Snowflake Day. Yeah. <laughs> but they can make it happen. Win-win for everybody. Yeah, Because that, yeah. that show, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, all right. Sarah. I also have two, because apparently that's what we're doing. I picked the letter T. My first one is turn. I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> this show should have been so good. The Culper yeah. Ring. It's a great story. And think of all the stuff that they had to do to pass secret codes back when, like, once the sun went down, you were screwed. Yeah. Like, it's a revolutionary war spy ring. 
how could you make this boring with basically a Dawson's Creek love triangle <laughs> that briefly was a pentangle and was Ooh. always boring and moist and no, don't. sorry. Well, it was. Okay. Uh, and someone's going to turn up pregnant next season. I will not turn up at all for turn season two because it's clear that they don't want it to be about spying. They want it to be about longing looks between Abe and Anna. Uh, I will be doing a list of other spy, famous, like, real-life spy situations that I hope TV doesn't fuck up yeah. this week on Previously.TV, oh, nice. so look for that. Would uh, you advise that people turn away? Yes. Uh, or turn back? Turn down. Or turn down? Or turn the channel to something turn else? Turn down yes. for what? <laughs> it's like love in the age of colonies. Mm. Don't turn back. Um, the second T show, of course, is True Tory, which Woo! is <laughs> wrapping up uh, this week with the footage, whatever the shit they should have shown <laughs> special. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it won't be anything we couldn't have lived without. But watching this show, both for its own sake and the number of other people I'm finding who are watching the show and like have gotten sucked into it on this like anthropological study level yeah I mean, maybe that's what we're all just telling each other <laughs> but it's not like it's not quite interesting enough per se there's also like the added layer of discussion with other people who may or may not be taking it with the same seriousness you are or <laughs> um feel like it's as contrived as you do and if you do think it's completely contrived which i kind of do i don't actually judge her for that i think that's solid branding for her mm -hmm. and her family so it's it's been an interesting experience watching it and seeing also just finding out how many other people I know are watching it and are not that ashamed of it. Yeah, speaking of Shibboleth, like my God, like you're just sort of like around the corner, like you're watching True Tory, and then they always are. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, True Tory. Uh, Tara, was it you who was saying that you hoped that they were dragging out this, like first the reunion and then the um deleted scenes so that they would immediately start another season right after that yes <clears throat> that does not seem to be true at least judging by the digital guide but it still could happen i mean it seemed like they were turning episode like the show started in may right or april mm -hmm. and it and they were like and now it's easter like it was really episodes were coming on the air seemingly like just a couple of weeks after they were shot so they're they're they were turning it around very quickly and this way they they could have you know episodes that are about the reaction to the first season's worth oh of episodes yes. I, yeah i wouldn't put it past them but uh yeah i i definitely hope there's at least another, the another true season. tory mobius is formed exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, it's time for the canon. And Joe, what do you got for us? Uh, I have come to you with uh, a series that is uh, a little bit topical. Um, it's The Comeback, HBO's The Comeback, starring Lisa Kudrow, um, which is going to be returning for somewhat of a miracle second season. Um, they're filming that now, I believe. Um, so we can all cross our fingers about that. But for now, um, I am presenting season one, season only, um, <laughs> episode eight, Valerie Relaxes in Palm Springs. So um, the comeback was a one-season uh, wonder cult hit from 2005, post-Friends Lisa Kudrow, who also always seemed like she was destined to go darker than Friends was ever going to allow her. She was in The Opposite of Sex and Happy Endings, the movie, not the series. Um, 
the premise is Lisa Kudrow plays this woman named Valerie Cherish, who's a middle-aged actress who used to be fairly notable. She was in this sitcom uh, called I'm It that we don't really know a ton about, except she just sort of like talks about it and just seems like a very standard 80s, three-camera, dumb uh, office sitcom, maybe? I, I seem to recall. I think she plays a lawyer. I think there's a moment where we get to see a clip from it. Oh, right. And she, yeah. she has a love interest is about to declare himself or something, and she stops him by closing his tie in a <laughs> filing cabinet drawer. If I recall correctly, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm not, but that that gives yeah. you an idea of like, it's like a sub just shoot me type of affair. The best part of I'm It is that there's an exclamation point at the end of it. Um, so whenever you see like the the posters from it or whatever, I'm it, and, and she refers she, to it as it. Which <laughs> thank is my you. I was thing. just about to say it's so great. It's when I was on it. Um, so uh, she's fairly uh, well washed up now. We see in the first episode, um, she's sort of up for this role against people like Mary Lou Henner and Kim Fields, both cameoing as themselves. So you sort of see like the the genre of actress that she was uh, in. So she's. Uh, gets cast on this sort of dumb, horny, 20-something sitcom called Room and Board, B-O-R-E-D, um, where she plays Aunt Sassy, like the tracksuit-wearing, frumpy old lady. And in conjunction with this, she has to film this reality series called The Comeback, which is going to promote the show. And Val hopes, like, return her to prominence, because reality is in that so-hot-right-now mid-2000s stage. Um, and so the reality show within the show is called The Comeback. Um, this episode is right around the middle of the season. It's a break from what we would normally be getting on the show, which is Val filming the series or promoting the series and dealing with her cast members. Malin Ackerman and Kellen Lutz were two of her cast members. Um, and then the writers, particularly uh, Polly G, one of the two co-showrunners, uh, who absolutely hates her and sort of seeks to embarrass her and uh, humiliate her at every turn. So uh, the show's future at this point in the series is in question. The sitcom's future is in question. So Val decides to take a weekend away in Palm Springs. Uh, her husband, Mark, Marky Mark, uh, has always bristled at the reality show cameras in their lives. So you can imagine how he feels when his vacation is not only subject to uh, Jane and her reality crew, but also a product place product placed Lincoln, uh, complete with a little shit corporate representative tagging along and keeps like sort of popping up and telling him, you know, say that, say the car's name when you talk about how great it handles or whatever. By um, the way, the guy who tried to date rape Kelly Taylor at a Halloween party on Beverly Hills. No, shut up. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. yeah. Okay. Uh, so first clip. This car handles real well. Could you say the navigator handles real well? Sorry. When you say something about the car, could you mention the name? Like, uh, the Navigator has comfortable seats, or the Navigator has individual seat warming or cooling controls? Yeah, okay. The Navigator... I forgot what I said. This Navigator handles real well. There, done. So that's the dynamics is Mark trying to keep his dignity, uh, whatever's left of it. And Val sort of very gladly, overly anxiously uh, playing into the tropes of the reality show because this is this is what she has left. This is how she's going to get famous again. Um, once they're at the resort in Palm Springs, uh, nothing really goes right. We see a series of sort of uh, uh, disasters and disappointments, partially owing to Valerie being a nightmare who can't be comfortable in her own skin, at least when the cameras are on her, which is always, um, and partially owing to other people being awful. There's that uh, 
that terrible blonde at the pool who's hogging <laughs> four deck chairs for three people who are not there. And the best um, part the best part of that scene is when she just sort of after she explains that she can move her iPod, she just wants one seat and she's yeah. and then Valerie explains <laughs> she needs two. She just sort of smiles at her and her hand just sort of drifts back with the iPad and puts it back on the seat. It's a <clears> really awful. great visual moment. It's the girl it's who played um Jan in the Brady Bunch movies. Yes. And she also um, she has a very Tara Reid quality to her. <laughs> she does. She she uh, is obviously a favorite of Lisa Kudrow and Dan Pukatinsky too, because they brought her back for a pretty big role on uh, Web Therapy. Oh, okay, cool. Um, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Val also screws up uh, Mark's round of golf by sort of playing to the cameras and being an asshole, and uh, and he kind of drives on the cart away from her, or uh, he walks off and he leaves her for the cart to uh, to drive away. And she's, of course, sort of playing up to the cameras and everything's fine and everything's great. And she sort of tries to make a joke because she's trying to be this sort of brassy, funny lady that she's she she might be. But like, Lord knows it's never in front of these reality cameras. So we would never know Um, the kind of woman she actually probably wants to be is like uh, this woman, Donna, who Donna and Don are friends of theirs, who Mark invites to join them for dinner because they're in Palm Springs as well. And and Donna uh is brassy and frank and sort of tells it like it is and is funny. And as a cancer survivor, which Val didn't know because she didn't read the Christmas card. And even Don at that point is like, who reads those things if it's not about you? I don't give a fuck. Like that kind of thing. Um, so she's kind of great. And Val is very both uncomfortable around her and embarrassed by her and sort of keeps looking to the cameras like, we barely know them. Um, so ultimately... The next day, I believe, there's they're out by the pool sort of sunning themselves. And Donna has seen enough of Valerie to sort of feel like she can make a comment on how she's behaving in front of the cameras. Valerie, we don't know each other very well, but can I say something? Sure. You have to stop worrying so much about what people think. Okay. Like that. You keep looking at the camera trying to control how this is all coming across. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not trying to control. You can't control life, Val. Hell, you can't even control what chair you get by the pool. Who cares what people think? You gotta love yourself. Warts and all. Donna takes her bikini top off. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Donna gone wild. (laughs) Spring break. So we probably have to go into town to get that footage, right? Otherwise, when will... Yeah. Otherwise, when will we? So Val, like, hightails it out of there, like, drags her mic pack behind her, like, can't get out of there fast enough. So she heads into town um, where she runs into... Well, first of all, she points out the statue of Sonny Bono um, to a tourist. And then she runs into uh, this pair of gay guys who, uh, in a bit of rather prophetic meta-commentary, actually, sort of uh, uh, totally worship Val from her I'm It days. It's just sort of... It's a great... Uh, sort of pre-echo of how people would eventually uh, accept the comeback and Lisa Kudrow in the comeback because just like find a gay guy like mention the comeback and then just sort of sit back and they'll talk about it for a while um, <laughs> so, and they're totally looking forward to room and board and they're like we love that tracksuit and Val who had been complaining about the tracks before is just like right isn't it great like completely just sort of eats it up knowing how great this will come across on camera um, but when it comes time to uh, sign the releases, the younger one of the two gay guys doesn't want to sign because he's not out to his parents yet and he doesn't want them to see on TV. Um, so at which point Valerie launches into 
this speech, which is sort of semi-cribbed from what Donna had been telling her about being true to yourself. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, but it's amazing. It's like, it's really fascinating, actually, because like she's 100% motivated by self-interest. She's only doing this to get them to sign the release so that this scene that talks about how great she is will be on her show. Um, and she's sort of like, it's somewhat unforgivable to treat these human beings as a means to an end. And yet also it's undeniably like good advice for this guy. Like ultimately, like at the end, he's like, you know what? You're right. And he's sort of, he comes away feeling better about himself. So Valerie sort of stumbles ass backwards into being life affirming weirdly, which is the only way she could probably be life affirming. Um, it's an amazing scene. So that night, Val and Mark and Don and Donna go out to dinner again. And Val gets a call from Juna, Malin Ackerman, um, who is her co-star, who uh, is at a party. We're at a party. We're at a cast and crew party. And she wonders why Val isn't there. And Val, of course, did not know about the party because Polly G's throwing it. And he intentionally didn't invite her. And she makes an excuse. And, and Juna doesn't really catch on that this was an intentional slight, even though she's like, Polly keeps joking that that he didn't invite you on purpose and blah, blah, blah. Um so this was, of course, all on speakerphone, so everybody hears it and everybody's embarrassed. And Donna sort of tells Val to, like, feel, you know, feel what you're feeling, feel angry. And Valerie does not want to do that. So instead, Donna's like, well, then just get drunk. Let's just get drunk. So they do. And the next thing we see, Mark and Valerie are stumbling back to their little uh, cabana. And Valerie sees the deck chairs, which are empty because it's at night. And she's like, I'm just going to lay here. I just want to lay on my deck chairs one time before we leave in the morning. So Mark goes back ahead. And so alone on the chair, alone with Jane and the cameras, that is, Valerie pulls out her phone and she wants to call Polly G. So, of course, Jane like is so eager to have this that she's like, I'll dial it for you. I got it. So uh, we get this phone conversation. What are you doing? I want to call him. I can't find him. I want to call Polly G. I'll do it. Okay. Look under F for fatty. <laughs> Did you hear that? It's ringing. Oh. Okay. This is Polly G. This is Valerie, Valerie Cherish. And word on the street is that you had a party. Fatty had a party. Fatty had a party and nobody came. Uh, no, 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 no. Problem is that everybody came and I wasn't invited. And that hurts my feelings, okay? And you need to know that because I'm not gonna keep it inside and get cancer. So the next morning, Mark and Valerie drive back home uh, from Palm Springs. They're more relaxed. Um, they're less willing to jump through hoops, like how Jane wouldn't let them play the music on the car because of rights issues. We can't play music. We, we can't afford it. <clears throat> I'll pay. It's not me. How about the quality of those Navigator cinema quality? I swear to God, <laughs> I will pull over and put you out onto the side of the road. And so they drive off and they listen to music and it's like, it's the rare triumphant moment for Valerie in uh, probably the whole series. Um, and then afterwards, sort of, she ends up, you know, regressing this little moment of 
you know, standing up for herself, of course, doesn't last. But it's a great momentary sort of win for Valerie on the small scale that it was. Uh, overall, this was a show that stuck to its guns for, the, for its entire run. It's funny as hell, but it's also dark and deeply uncomfortable to watch, especially if you get vicarious, vicariously embarrassed easily, which I do. Um, at the time, I think I was a bit more put off by the harshness towards reality TV as a, as a topic. Um, it plays much better now that actors and actresses have stopped pretending like reality was going to take all their jobs away. Um, it's one of the funniest and ballsiest shows of the 2000s for me. I think this episode is less of a typical comeback episode if you're looking for like an episode that really encapsulates what the whole series was. Uh, but I think it's an exceptional one. I think it's one that really stands out and sells the concept of Valerie as a whole rather than uh, the smaller parts of the other episodes. Um, I think it's great, and I hope to God season two lives up to this standard and you know doesn't ruin it all for everybody. That's it. Do we know anything about what season two is going to be about? I haven't heard. I haven't either. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. I watched every episode of this when it when it was on. This episode is tough. <laughs> tough to watch. It's it's extra cringy. Yeah. Um. But I I like that you picked it because it shows us a side the such a different side of Valerie, like what she's like at home with Mark. Yeah. And it also shows like. You know, most like every episode, she spends most of it being really annoying because that's yeah. what her character is. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, you know, it has that nice the, as close as the show gets to, you know, hugging and learning is the closing where she says, I'll pay for the music. I'm going to like as a nice gesture to Mark because she recognizes she's not so deluded that she doesn't recognize he's putting up with a lot of shit for her to do this. Right. And he's all of this reality TV stuff has made the trip that could have been nice, really unpleasant for him. Yeah. Also his ass got on camera. So that probably wasn't something that he intended <laughs> when they come to wake her up. Cause she needs to go and get her deck chairs, which she missed yeah. again. Um, that's kind of the thing with Valerie, though, is, like, she always sees it. You can always tell in those moments that, like, she sees what she's being like, and she sees yes. how these things are intruding, and she just almost always just papers it over and just, yeah. like, you know, crashes on. And it's – so to see that kind of a moment where she sort of allows herself to do something nice is good. Yes, and and to uh, and to finally tell off the Lincoln guy. Yes, God, so satisfying. <laughs> who has had the balls to like come over and bother them in the middle of dinner too like yes. we're, we're not talking about the car fuck off yeah um but yes what may, what really makes this episode of course is donna who is incredible great actress um i forget it dd rusher is that her name is it i didn't i didn't make a note of it i should have i think that's her name yeah. um she also had a recurring role on king of queens sidebar where she was married to brian cranston they were the next no door way. neighbors to kevin james and leah remini huh. who were super annoying in that too and like anyway that's just a sidebar she's she's amazing and i love how the show um gives her the fodder to make valerie even more self-involved yeah <laughs> because Valerie hears part of what she's saying, but of, you know, only the part that she can use. Yeah. And um, that's fascinating. And it's it just sort of deepens the character study that is this show. So yeah. excellent pick. Thanks, Sarah. Um, I loved watching Lisa Kudrow do this part. I had not seen this show before. Um, she's such an actress. And I mean, I'm married to an actor, so I guess I get to say these things. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> 
if he were here, he'd be like, mm-hmm, and you forgot this other thing. Uh, but does, he do ways... th- does he do thank you prayer hands like Valerie does? My, <laughs> one of my most hated tics. As a joke, because he knows it bugs the shit out of me, and I'll get really scared that he's serious. And sometimes he mouths a bless. <laughs> I love it! Um, yeah, he's kind of the best. Anyway... <laughs> So, yeah, watching her do this and just, like, all the layers of, like, ticky insecurity and watching the gears grinding, like, how can I bring this back to myself in a positive way? How can I, like, convert this for a a first down? How can I not piss anyone off? Like, it's very sympathetic and also very annoying and, like, trying to watch. Um, But at the same time, there were... Things about this that I think may not have aged well, like I think this might, the episode and the concept as a whole might have hit me on a sweeter spot when it first aired. Yeah. Because part of, I mean, first of all, discomfort comedy is kind of like, you know, here's another asshole being an asshole. Like, okay, it's not that I didn't laugh, but it's kind of like, that's not quite as like new or open a field as it was. And there were bits of it that were a bit slow, like the the whole sequence with the Sonny Bono statue I thought was just a little long. <laughs> I don't actually buy that she'd be married to Mark or that Mark would be married to her, yeah. honestly. Like, I know that she, had she been a housewife for a while before she did the... Had the character been like just a housewife and out of the business for a while? I can't quite remember. I the, think she, that I think that is. Line. I think that is what has happened. Yeah, because I'm sure there's like I'm sure there's some like retcon that makes this relationship believable, like on the show, which I haven't seen. But just based on this um, episode, it seems like he would be the Mr. Dina Manzo. Sorry, <laughs> um, actually, not for long. She's back. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Someone's uh, catering business didn't work out, I guess. Mm. Um, but the Mr. Dina Manzo, he'd be like, "Hell no, I'm not. I'm not being on camera. You can't refer to me. Yeah. Don't show our kid." Like that character seems like he'd be that guy, and just would be might have been married to her for a while, but would be exhausted by her. Yeah, and everything that living with her. And getting her from sunup to sundown without having a nervous breakdown would entail. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm not sure about the episode, but this performance is amazing. Was she ever nominated for anything with she, this? Well, she got an Emmy nomination for this, the uh, Best Actress. That because was the it's sort of like... I actually didn't love her on Friends. I thought she was a little, like, I don't know, twee, I guess. Yeah. But in the opposite of sex, she's the best yeah she's She's so crabby she's basically me um (laughs) in that movie and then uh she was good on scandal this season too she's she's she was she was of all the ex-friends she's definitely the most like doesn't give a fuck like she she goes for it yeah yeah i admire totally true yeah and she still did not invent post-its which is unfortunate (laughs) For her, but that this performance was this like weird hybrid of that darkness of her opposite of sex character, and then this like daffy note of Romeo and Michelle's. That I don't know. It's a it's a great performance. Kudos. Yeah, Kudos, she's Kudra. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of felt Kudra. like she deserved more post friends than she got. I mean, she seems to like never quite get the role that would you know be the post friends breakout you know like this seems right up her alley sort of a mix of of you know as sarah was saying you know sort of a, a comedic and 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 dark 
My issue with this show slash episode is I really, I don't mind cringe comedy at all. Like I do, I'm, I will watch it through, you know, spread fingers over my eyes, but <laughs> I enjoy this set. Like the office UK is one of my favorite series and right. I don't, I'm not really big on the office US, but the office UK is really great. And I was sort of comparing David to, to, um, uh, what's her character's name? Valerie. Valerie. And, for me, the difference is why I really couldn't get into this as much as I was into The Office is that she is craven, you know, in a way where her motivation is her success and, you know, getting back into the limelight. And it's similar to David Brent, but he just wants to be liked. Like, he just wants to be, like, even though he's an asshole, yeah. he just at the end of the day kind of just wants to be the guy that gets invited for a pint with the uh-huh. rest of the gang. But she wants that too. You would see you see it more in other in other yeah. episodes where she's you see her interacting. And with I was going to say like maybe, you know, this is as Sarah, you know, I'm just seeing a slice of this show and Joe mentioned that this isn't quite this is a little bit of a of a outlier as far as the the format goes or yeah. you know the the set location, the, the circumstances, the yeah. Um so um I I couldn't get into it in the same way I really got into The Office. And I think it shares, you know, it's obviously cringe comedy. It was, this is a couple years after the end of The Office and sort of the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the starting gun has been shot for cringe comedy and this is, you know, HBO's crack at it. Um, but I really enjoyed Lisa Kudrow a lot. I do agree with Sarah that there were some parts that kind of seemed like there was not much happening and could have used some punch up. Um, but, uh, Lisa Kudrow, great. I just kind of wish that, uh, maybe she was more, I don't want to say sympathetic cause I don't think that's the right word, but I just wish it was easier to, uh, root for her. And either I want her to be more or less of that, you know, I want her to be more uh-huh. villainous or yeah. more empathetic or sympathetic of a character. And I've kind of felt like it just was in the middle and I couldn't get into her, you know, journey such as it was because of that. But uh, the uh, end was great. The end where she just turns around uh, the, the clip there at the end, <laughs> I will, I will leave you on the side of the road. It's yeah. great. And uh, they, you know, there's some good moments and the, the Donna character is great, you know, brassy, sassy. And um, um, there's lots here to enjoy. And I think I probably would have benefited from maybe a, typical episode viewing and sure. then this one sure but um as it stands i would say good but not canon sarah um kudros she's brilliant <laughs> uh would you know would watch again i would watch another episode again and consider another episode but as this does not feel typical of the series and as i th- think there were some air pockets in it and it it hasn't held up as well as it might have on first airing uh reluctant no joe i can't Damn. believe you, you i can't believe you didn't mention daniel franzese as the uh oh right obnoxious cell phone using hollywood damien mover from and mean shaker girls. damien from mean girls as the yeah. boyfriend of jennifer wow really yeah smoking the one a cigar da- in the pool that donna and- tells off when he's on his phone at dinner yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, I, I was vote- trying to streamline. <laughs> Not that it matters, but I would vote yes, partly just because of the showcase that it gives to um to Valerie and to Donna. I would say having watched this, I am curious how they're going to update 
this premise, whether she has sunk lower in the ranks, That's what yeah. she has asking. found herself, or whether yeah. she has, you know, gained some measure of success because of, you know, what's happened here. I well, and she's, if she's 10 years older, too, like, that's mm-hmm. a whole other strata for actresses. Like, already the show was so much about, like, how little Hollywood has interest in women of of her age that they already made her this like dowdy old lady when she was they like, made her betty white and hot in cleveland before right. that was a thing right <laughs> and like much much younger and like so like so what happens if when she's 10 years older like what yeah. happens to actresses and that so that'll be interesting i would also say before you play the last sound cue dave that you and sarah both might enjoy watching more of the episodes that are her on the set because yeah. i think you would see more of her really yeah. trying pathetically to ingratiate herself not just to her much younger and more nubile castmates on room and board but also to Polly g who is a great shithead character is it the first episode where uh the, the, what's who's the director um the the cheers guy Damn it, no, I'm not going to Oh, James Burroughs? James Burroughs, where yes. she's really, she just annoys the shit out of him on set, trying to, like, work her lines and whatever, and finally he just has to tell her, it's just like, this is not an important enough scene to spend up this much time on, like, yeah. go away. I, for, I forget which episode it is, but yes. It's, it's one of the first couple ones. I will also say that for someone who doesn't appear in the episode, the Polly G character is, um... <laughs> oh, he's like a monster. The fact that they get his whole character just into, like, a four-word voicemail mm-hmm. thing where he belches. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I should change my vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good voicemail message. Yep. It is pretty good. All right. tools are there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the comeback. Oh, season one, no. episode eight. I'm sorry, Joe. Valerie relaxes in palm strings. You are not inducted into the extra hot. Great cannon. Forgive me, comeback fans. American love you are. <laughs> And will not tolerate a loser. No. Nope. It's time for winner and loser of the week, Tara. The winner. Uh, winner is Margaret Atwood because <sighs> Egghead likes her bookie book. Yeah. <laughs> her trilogy of dystopic novels, the Mad Adam trilogy, which is Oryx and Craig. Oh, Earth, is that what this is? Yeah, the oh, Year okay. of the Flood and Mad Adam are being turned into a mini series, I assume, for HBO. Um, produced by Darren Aronofsky. So Ooh. that is fascinating, and I can't. Wait to see what they do with it. I'm also excited for The Leftovers, another literary adaptation on HBO. So if this is a new direction that they're going in of like the few books Tara manages to read turned into <laughs> TV shows, it's a very rich genre. It's not rich. I hardly read anymore. But I'm excited for this. They're great books. And nice. uh, this will be very interesting. What are the, uh, I always ask you this every time that comes up, but that she has great names for all the like the genetically engineered Oh yeah. Um, well, the, the antagonist animals that they the the few survivors of this apocalyptic event are trying to um, to not get killed by are pagoons, yeah. which are pigs and raccoon hybrids. <laughs> oh, no. But there's also like um, genetically engineered food yeah. items. Um, there's there there's a uh, uh, chick chicky nubs. <laughs> Basically, it's like a headless chicken that's like eight breasts and that's it because that's all people want to eat and then wow. there's another thing where it's like there's a it's a, a restaurant chain where the whole premise is like it's meat but we're not going to tell you what it is but i can't remember what it's called now but anyway like those uh harry potter uh jelly bellies <laughs> yeah, yes. right. oh. the, every flavor beans anyway the the books are really good so if you enjoy sci-fi that's smart and scary which i generally don't but i will make an exception for margaret atwood cool. even when she writes about the apocalypse sounds cool all right uh sarah loser 
Um, my loser, uh, which I selected so that my former editor at SoapNet.com could join me in pouring one out. The daytime Emmys couldn't find any place to be on TV this year because wow. A, we're down to three soap operas. So B, it's like Four. best lady judge show, yeah. best boy judge show, best judge show where she has a lace collar outside her robe. There is one more. <laughs> um, so TV networks were all like, oh, there's still soaps. Pasadena. So... Uh, there will be a daytime Emmy Award ceremony on Sunday, June 22nd at 5 Eastern, which is a really awkward time Awful to do time, it. Yep. And it will be streaming at daytimeemmys.net. But basically, the the years when we would all tune in to see Susan Lucci lose again to Hunter Tylo or whoever. <laughs> Can't believe I just pulled the name Hunter Tylo. That's pretty good. With no effort That's anyway. Pretty good. Dad, I'll write you a check for that college education. Just as soon as we're done recording, daytime <laughs> Emmys are our loser. Guys, yeah. you know what time it is? It's game I think so. It's game time. All right. So to refresh everybody's memory, because we've been off for a couple weeks, this is the second game time of this season tara won our first game time but her game time nemesis joe was here to put the hurt <laughs> on her right thank god <laughs> today we meet again we are playing a game from lnc called grim reality mm. in this game i'm going to give you pieces of information about a short-lived reality show Ooh. and you have to name the show okay that's all there is to it i'm going to give you let's oh, see god. A description. I'm going to give you how many seasons it was on for. Usually one. Yep. <laughs> and I'll give you the network. Okay. And then you okay. have to tell me the name of the show. We have uh, some easy ones here, some hard ones here. Okay. Can I? Can I just say I thought based on the name this was going to be fairy like, tales. No. Oh. Name the reality show where someone got killed. <laughs> <laughs> and I well, can there think are of a almost few. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> you can have a game time wipeout. That out. sounds like so, Megan wants a million. Save it. Save it. Save it. That might be a hot potato thing. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good hot potato category. Shit. <laughs> you are welcome. That is grim. All right. So let's <laughs> throw it over to Picky to see who goes first. We will start with Tara. All right. And then we're going to go to Joe and then hey. to Sarah. So are we ready to play Grim reality. Yes. Okay. Yes. So these are each worth one point. I take one it. One point. Okay. Yes. Okay. One season on UPN. Five Amish teenagers live with six American teenagers and experience the modern world. Oh, it's me. Yes, it is you, Tara. Um. Was it just called Rumspringa? Mm. Shit. Amish in the city. That's it. Oh, right. <laughs> All right, Joe. Yes. Two seasons on ABC Family. Adolescents who have been living in the same room since childhood are chosen for random room makeovers. Oh, God. Two seasons. On a personal note, never heard of it. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, I think there was, I think this is probably a drama, but I know there was an ABC Family show, I think, called Under One Roof. Is it called Changing Rooms? It's called Knock First. Wow. Okay. All right. Sarah, two seasons on TLC, which stands for nothing. (laughs) A rabbi would spend 10 days with families to help them work through difficult problems. Let's solve some problems. Why not? I think this was Rabbi Shmuley. I'm going to get you in that anthill. I'm going to eat you. 
Rabbi Shmuley of the 30 Rock reference? Yeah, he's a real nice. guy. Yeah. That was, uh, that was me doing Ant in the Aardvark, by yes, the way. Uh, just, well, just in case nobody else knows. Why is he doing it, you know, that? Why is Dracula a rabbi? Uh, so <laughs> you live long enough. I have one question for you. Are you kosher? <laughs> Blah. So um, tough. <laughs> Benson. <laughs> Shalom in the home. Oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to Tara. One season Ooh. on NBC. Yep. Inspired by the film Meet the Parents, male contestants must win the approval of their girlfriend's demanding families. Is it Meet My Folks? That's our first I, point of the game. I watched that. <laughs> Joseph. Yes. Reedley. One yes. season on Fox. Six past figure skater champs are paired with six celebrities in this competition show. I believe it was called Skating with Celebrities. Yes. Correct. Well done. All right, Sarah. Yep. One season on UPN. UPN. A program in which men use their player skills to attempt to seduce women. The show was hosted via phone by the ultimate player who was revealed at the end to be Survivor's Boston Rob. No! <laughs> no! Wow. I never even heard oh of my that. And now I have to go and watch it right now. Seriously. I, um... The pickup artist? A uh, good, good, good guess. Mm. It's called the player. Jeez. Wow, I never wow. heard that. I think Holy we shit. might have to no, do some sort can. of report on this show. That yeah. sounds yeah. amazing. Agree. All right, back to Tara. Oh, did I mention there's like forty something questions? Okay. Sure. Um, uh, just lost my place. To Tara, twelve. Uh, one season on ABC. Twelve contestants attempt to walk from Boston to Washington D.C., trying to lose weight and avoid being voted off. At each stage. Fat March. Fat March. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. God. America. I miss you, Fat Not March. Not to be confused with Stephen King's The Longest Walk. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's the best title of a show I've never watched a single episode of, but man, I will never forget it. Uh, Fat March. Okay. For some reason, the I have no um, network for you on this one, Sarah. This is Joe. Joe. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. So, uh, okay. But there's one season. Okay. Contestants are chosen by America to marry each other without Fox, Fox <laughs> Thanks, without ever having met. Must get engaged upon meeting each other and then try to avoid elimination before their wedding day, at which point they could decide to marry or not. I'm shouting this one out to Linda, right? That's who yep. I shouted out to? Mm-hmm. Okay, shout out Linda, married by America. Yep. Correct. Still one of her like most terrible bet noir shows she ever recapped. Uh-huh. She's, I, she's still mad about it. I know, <laughs> I couldn't, I know she and, and Dan McEachern, like each have one. That Don't they, say the other one because I, I will bet not. it's in here. I will not. I'm sure <laughs> it's here. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Sarah. TBS, one season, a bachelor type show which involved 12 female contestants competing for the heart of a male underwear model in the Australian Outback. <laughs> Hello, mate. That's so much. Oh my god. There's so many moving cars. Yep. Gotta guess. Uh, can I hear the description once Yeah, more? you betcha. And Bachelor, a Bachelor-type show, which involved 12 female contestants competing for the heart of a male underwear model in the Australian Outback. Uh, the Thunder Down Under? Oh, you Not know what? One. That's a really good guess. <laughs> and... This show also rhymes. It's called Outback Jack. Oh, of course. Oh. Outback Jack. All right, so we're back to Tara. Yep. One season, 
ESPN. This show followed Barry Bonds as he chased the home run record set by Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. I remember this was a show. Um, Big Head, Barry, and the Monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else know it? No, I don't. It's called Bonds on Bonds. Oh, Oh. God. Sidebar about ESPN. I was staying in a hotel last week. Holy cow, there are a lot of ESPNs. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They're they're well beyond Ocho. Hotels, make sure you get them all plus the Golf Channel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so to Joe. Yes. One season on ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Company. Co- corporation. Colossus. Company. I think it's company. Joe would know. I would know. That's true. I apologize. Of That's course, okay. Joe would know. Ten high school students compete for a full scholarship to the college of their choice. Dang. Ten high school students. Uh, early admission. <clears throat> the scholar. The scholar. The scholar. All right. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Bringing us into our first score break for Sarah. One season on Fox. A female contestant spent time at a ranch with a mix of gay and straight men, all pretending to be straight, and she had to eliminate those she believed to be gay in order to receive a cash prize at the end. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, One season on Fox. One girl, 12 gays? No. <laughs> was it playing it straight? Yes, it was. Yeah. Oh. God, I'm not even on the board. Sarah looking to get on the board, as she mentioned. Joe and I are tied with two APs. All right. Ooh, it's boy. a tough game. So It is a tough game. Yeah. But fun. Who remembers these garbage shows? That's what the title of this game should be. <laughs> okay, so this is back to Tara. Yep. One season on Fox. A unique hybrid of reality TV, a game show, and a murder mystery drama, contestants acted as investigators trying to solve a series of murders and tried to avoid being murdered each week themselves. Is this Murder in Small Town X? Nice! Nice pull. All right, Joe. Jeez, yes. One season on Bravo, mm. a group of four hosts known as the Gal Pals make over women in all areas of their lives. A group of four hosts, known as the Gal Pals, make over women in all areas of their lives. So it was a a Queer Eye jump off. Um, God. I don't know. Take a guess. Straight Eye for the Queer Guy. I don't know. Mm. Queer Eye for the Straight Girl. Girl! Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sarah. One season on NBC, the National Broadcasting Corporation. (laughs) Seven families go on a road trip and compete against each other in challenges at famous landmarks around the United States. Vaguely remember this. Oh, yeah. I do vaguely remember this, too, actually. I, um... Rock this RV. The Great American Road Trip. Oh. All right. Tara. Yes? One season, one season on the CW. Right. In situations straight out of horror movies, 13 contestants compete to stay alive and face their deepest fears. Oh my god. To win a prize of sixty-six thousand dollars, six hundred and sixty-six. I know this and is And probably sixty-six cents. Probably. Yeah. I know this is 
is probably not right. Is it the scream? Thirteen. Fear is real. Oh, okay. oh, right. oh wow. Right. All right. Number 17. Spread eagle. One season on Fox, Joe, yes. described as a mix of Survivor, Temptation Island, and The Love Boat, 16 singles compete in a game of seduction for a cash prize and a chance at love. If it's the one, I think it is. I fucking loved this show. There are so many of them, and they all were on Fox, they, though. And they all were on, like, at the same time. Yeah. Was it, is this one Paradise Hotel? Mm. Oh. Is it Love Cruise? Yep. It oh. is Love Cruise. <laughs> Damn it. That was sort of a crapshoot there, Joe. You just yeah. had to take a shot at one of them. They were both on literally, like, the same summer. Yeah. That, that is the equivalent of the... Um, Invasion, invasion yeah. threshold, yeah, yeah, surface, surface. yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, crisis. One season on Fox, Sarah. <laughs> One season, Fox Network. A contestant had to convince her family that she was going to marry a man in twelve days' time without any of them objecting at the wedding. However, her fake fiance was an actor tasked with making things difficult. <sighs> uh, uh, rock the love boat. Is it my big fat, big, fat idiot obnox- fiance? I thought it was obnoxious, but it's yep. not. Big fat obnoxious fiance. Obnoxious, yeah. I think I actually it. watched that too. Yeah. That guy but- went on to be the bartender on Grey's Anatomy. Grand Grey's Anatomy. Early exactly. on. Yep. All right, so I'm sorry, who's this for? Me. Okay, Tara. Tara. One season on Bravo. Yep. A gay man had to choose a potential mate from a group of 15 men with the twist that some were gay and some were straight. He would win a cash prize if he correctly chose a gay man at the end. What was this piece of shit called? I can't believe that piece of shit was on Bravo. I also watched this one and I can't remember what it was called either. It wasn't called gay? (laughs) Was it like some stupid... Was it like boy meets boy or something? I need an answer. Okay, was it boy meets boy? Yep. Oh! Nice. Got it. Damn it. (laughs) Win, lose, or buy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One season on NBC, Joe. Yep. Three-person teams travel across the U.S. and Europe in search of seven artifacts, which will lead to the key and find the key, find the treasure. I watched at least two episodes of this and then gave up. What the fuck was it called? Like, The Quest? That is a show that is coming up called The Quest. This is okay. Treasure Hunters. Treasure Hunters. Treasure Hunters. Isn't, isn't that the is that the show we got that terrible flyer for that I put up on the site with the guy in the... Yes! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, check out the um, TV uh, previously TV swag bag topic for an awesome flyer from the show. It, it's 12 time, kinds of terrible. It's amazing. It was like the print version of a sell us your gold commercial. Basically. It was. It really was. <laughs> yeah. if, that, if those companies were run by, like, pirates. All yeah. right. Uh, one season on Fox, Sarah. Modeled after The Bachelor, this show involved a little person seeking love from a group of ladies who included fellow little people and average-sized women. I was hoping I'd get this one. What's the show? Little person, big heart. So close. So close. The littlest groom? The littlest groom is the right answer. Yeah. Yep. All right. Back to Tara. One season on Fox slash Fox Reality. So you know it was good if it was on Fox Reality. Yep. A contestant had to correctly guess her biological father from a group of 25 (laughs) men in order to win $100,000. Wow. 
Jesus, Fox. Who's your daddy? Nice. They couldn't call it anything else. Yeah. All right. For Joe, two seasons on ESPN. Contestants had to get one point, had to get from one point in the U.S. to another, competing sports-themed challenges along the way, and were not allowed to take anything with them besides the clothes on the on their backs and their driver licenses. I vaguely remember that this was a thing. This sounds really complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And they only could could travel on Thursdays and Tuesdays. <laughs> I can't. I have no idea. The show is called Beg, Borrow, and Deal. Deal. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. All right. Bring us into our second score break for Sarah. Two seasons on VH1. That's video hits. Video hits, that stands for. <laughs> mm-hmm. A group of unknown actresses compete for a role in a horror film. Winners appeared in Saw 6 and Saw 3D. What's that show name, Sarah? Scream Queens? <gasps> Yay! Yes! Yes! I retire. All right. Sarah has one point. Joe has two. I have five. All right. So, one, two, five. Correct. And we're back to Tara. Yep. That show sounds kind of good, actually. It's not bad. I remember seeing clips of it on um, The Soup. It looked kind of entertaining. One season, CBS. Yep. Five celebrities trained to become reserve officers on the uh, Muncie, Indiana Police Force. Um, I thought I had it, and then I didn't. It's not boot camp. I can name cast members, but not the show. Really? Sarah? Um, I don't remember the name of the show, but Eric Estrada is still a cop and quite proud of it. And so is uh, Jack Osborne, but I don't remember the name of the show. Armed and famous. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you're right. (laughs) All right, Joe. Two seasons on NBC. Children pick their father's new bride from a group of female contestants. Who wants to marry my dad? Yes. <laughs> Bam. Done. Not this Educated guess. All right. Educated in quotation marks, I will say. <laughs> One season on Fox, Sarah. Hmm? Nine strangers are locked in a bunker until they uh, unanimously award the prize money to one contestant, with the size of the prize dropping with each pe- person who leaves. The nine. <clears throat> the bunker? No, it's just called unanimous, but the uh, I is a one. Oh, right. Barf. Oh. Yes, barf indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back to Tara. One season on NBC, mm-hmm. centered around the question, who is the most important woman in a man's life? This show focused on a group of mothers helping to choose the perfect woman for their sons. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it should be called Run for Your Life, ladies, but um, I don't actually know what it is. It was called Yenta time. <laughs> It was called Mama Boys. Barf. I'll just sit here in the dark. <laughs> Our first entry from Spike TV. Oh, shit. So yeah. One season, Joe. Described as Jackass meets Little People Big World. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. It focuses on uh, little person wrestlers. Uh, that's it. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> little person wrestlers. Um... Who are trying to get boat loans. The littlest fighter? <laughs> I don't know. Short rounds? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. 
close. Half pint brawlers. Oh, no. short rounds is so better though. That's such a better name. All right. Uh, let's see what do we got here for Sarah. One season on MTV Music Television. Music Television is what that stands for. But uh, like they don't show any music anymore. Am I right? Why do they call it MTV? It should just be called uh, something TV, right? Yeah. Okay. Chronicling the uh, chronicles the courtship, engagement, and wedding of Britney Spears and. Kevin Federline. Oh, oh my God! I remember who recapped this. It's like Britney and. Were Kevin. we ever so young? Uh, and there's like an adjective. It's like Britney and Kevin radical, but it's not that. I, I will. Uh, I will tell you there is a colon involved. Yes. It's uh, two of them, in fact. No. no. Britney and Kevin oh, uh, colon. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, crazy in love. Close. Brittany and Kevin. Chaotic. 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 Oh. <laughs> yep. All right. Two seasons. Oh. Yep. Two seasons on Fox. Yes. Women who were deemed ugly were given extreme makeovers, oh. including plastic surgery, with a pageant at the end of each season to select a winner. This one? Correct. Joe, one yes. season on Fox. Hosted by Monica Lewinsky, a oh, contestant oh, search shit. for love among 20 mask-wearing men. Sounds like one of our parties, right? Okay. Isolation. Oh, God. There was a See? whole, like, there See? were three shows that were very similar. <laughs> Mr. Personality? Yeah! Yes! <laughs> from the depths Good of job. your subconscious, it oh, swam from up. From the depths of my shame, really, let's be honest. <laughs> All right. One season on the WB. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Essentially a spoof of American Idol, contestants were told they were competing to be the best singer when actually they were competing to be the worst. I remember this vaguely. I'm not sure what the title is. So since apparently in this game time, I'm only here to amuse by making shit up. What's funny? <laughs> mm. uh, uh, American Flats. That's mm. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Superstar USA. Right. Never would have got that in a million years. Okay. All right. So we're back to Tara. Yep. MTV one season. Watch as Carmen Electra and Dave Navarro plan their anything but traditional oh, wedding. God. Those two. Oh. It, it also has a colon in it, but does not have the word chaotic. Uh, Dave and Carmen chicky nubs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would watch that. Till death do us part, of colon, course. Carmen and Dave. Of oh my course. God. And Dave. All right, Joe. One yes. season on Fox. A plus size man searches for love among 20 plus size women. Oh, man. This title. Oh, no. This oh, title, no. Sarah might come up with just by. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, is it more to love? Oh, wow. Amazing. All right. So bringing us into our third score break before we run out the rest of the questions for Sarah. Mm -hmm. One season on USA Network. Hosted by former Survivor contestant uh, Rudy Bosch. 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 This show pitted military and police teams against each other in mission scenarios. SWAT versus SWAT? Combat missions. Combat missions. Generic title. All right, y'all have three questions left, so let's hear the scores. Okay, well, Sarah has one. Joe has five. I have six. Oh, so it is a game. 
It is. <laughs> so we're back to Tara. Yes. One season on MTV. Music television? Uh, yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, like... Oh, I, I don't even want it. to go there anymore. <laughs> 14 amateur surfers explore the world's greatest <laughs> surf locations while competing for the chance to go professional. Oh, Tara, you love surfers. Yeah. Money. Girl surfers, at least. Trouble with the curl. <laughs> when oh, you nice. said girl surfers, Joe, I was like, uh-oh, because the show's called Surf Girls. I thought that uh, might have oh, triggered something. Oh, shit. I did not mean to give you clues. It that didn't was work anyway. Uh, I was going to say something, like, and you love Blue Crush, and then I realized, oh, this is basically Blue Crush, the reality <laughs> show. <Yeah. laughs> um, it was on TV the other day. Holds up. So good. Ah, our first entry from A&E. That's uh, Asses and Ears right. Network. <laughs> One season for Joe. Essentially a combination of American Idol and Big Brother. Aspiring singers undergo both a weekly live singing competition and live together, filmed constantly. Never going to get this one. Wow. I was going to say, I've never heard of this. Nope. Uh, this, um, no. uh, can, so you think you can sing? I don't know. <laughs> the one, colon, making a music star. Um, <laughs> I have heard of that one. Yeah, That's an object lesson. In, familiar. Yeah, just simplify, guys. Simplify that title. Yeah. Okay, so NBC, one season for Sarah, a talent competition in which America voted to pick the two new leads for a revival of a popular musical. Oh, yeah. Uh, Broadway stars. Knowing the musical would help, I would say. Yes, it would. It's Grease, colon. You're the one that I want? Grease that colon. That's right. You're the one that I want. Correct. All right, so we are back to Tara. Yes. <clears throat> one season. Mm-hmm. A, B, sorry, wrong one. I'm out of sight. All right, sorry. One season logo. Logo, our first logo. That stands for lovely, I don't know. Okay. Okay, a competitive dating show starring transgender artist Calpurnia Adams. Sure. It is not culture. Um... That's it? That's the whole description? That's it. Competitive dating show starring transgender artist Capernia Adams. Mm. Got an answer? No. No, you don't. <laughs> I can't even think of anything amusing. Trans American Eve? Tra- trans American <laughs> Love Story. Mm-hmm. Never trans heard American of it. Love story. Adams and Eve is better. <laughs> All right, Joe. Yes. Uh, one season ABC. Uh-huh. 13 contestants live in a manner with one dying each week at the hands of a killer among them. Who done it? Nice! Yes. Recapped every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it. I watched the whole thing. One season CBS, Sarah. Yep. <laughs> Following 16 <laughs> modern day pirates on their quest for gold, this show is based on the fictional legend of Henry Steele and the Treasure of Zanzibar, Jesus. which was su- I'm not done yet, which was supposedly divided into 14 parts and hidden throughout the island of Dominica. Done. And communication. <laughs> What's that Treasure show? Treasure Island. Nope. Okay. Pirate Master. Pirate Master. I thought that was Pirate on NBC. Master. Pirate Master. It's on an island. Call it Treasure Island. I'm Yarr. trying to fucking game time over here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Continue. So everybody has one question left. If, if I may, I know this yeah. is not time for a for a score break. I was going to ask for a score break. Well, Joe and I are tied with six apiece, and Sarah has one. 
All right. Sarah is near. Thanks. This is an exciting piece <laughs> of business because this last question is worth five points. What? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, okay. Tara. Yes. One season on the CW. Mm-hmm. Each episode focused on a long-term dating couple nominated by friends. Each couple had to either set a wedding date or break up in a week's time. Um, hitch or ditch? Pardon? Hitch or ditch? So ditch close. or ditch? Hitched or ditched? Ah! No! <laughs> Come on. Wow. Was that an educated guess or you to pull that no, out of your I ass? just guessed. Holy shit. Damn it. I am really sorry you didn't get the point for that because that was fucking amazing. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Again, it's like, what else could they have called it, really? <laughs> wow. You've been in this business too long. Ago. Tara, two Dave points. <laughs> two Dave points for that answer. All right, and Joe. a Sarah point. And <laughs> spouse points. You're showered in spouse points. <laughs> One season on CBS, Joe. Here's uh-huh. your last question. Four people agreed to be chained to a member of the opposite sex <gasps> for four days for a chance at love and $10,000. $10, I remember this one. I remember who recapped it. I, Wait, me too. CBS? I'm so, af- I'm so afraid of getting this wrong, but I think it's, is it Chains of Love? Yes! So not CBS? It's you think not it's... CBS. Right. Uh, still it was like point. CW was or WB or something UPN. like that, right? UPN. Maybe the networks got mixed up because it seems to me that uh, there's been a few. S- yeah, I thought NBC was All right. master, but whatever. It doesn't okay. matter. Okay. I mean, nobody knows what these ones were on. No, anyway. but nice work, Joe. All Thanks. right. Sarah, here's your last one. Uh, one season, maybe on TBS, maybe on any other network, <laughs> a group of men thought they would be competing on a show called All American Man, but in a twist found themselves to be competing to act as effeminate as possible. <laughs> God. Great work, TBS. This, this smells like this has VH1 all over it, frankly. Jesus Christ. Uh, I think you meant Jesus Christ. <laughs> a little light in the loafers? It's called Sissy That Walk. It had her for one season. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> that bitch. All keep of these keep are guessing. <laughs> Floor's open. I'm not, I'm it's not in the open. wrist. <laughs> <laughs> kind of not joking, is that it? He's no. a lady. Oh god, he's oh, god. a lady, man. All right, That's, so I'm offended by humanity right now, uh, and also by my lone point. I think I know, but Tara laid on me the final scores. Well, Sarah has one. I Yay. have six. Joe has seven pointeroonies. Holy yeah. cow, pointeroonies! And I just realized I actually still have this. Yay, Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Joe. I cut Joe, it off. Team Farty. <laughs> Joe. Joe. All right, shits and giggles, tiebreaker time. Yes. All right. One season, NBC. I can confirm, NBC is correct. <laughs> with only a backpack full of clothes and information lost. about the. F- <laughs> yeah, lost yep. is correct. Oh, other lost. Other lost. Mm. The Conan O'Brien Lesser produced lost. lost. Yep. Yes, correct. So now, right. since it didn't come up, we can say. Dan McEachern's Married by America is Bachelorettes in Alaska, colon, looking for love. (laughs) It was not in there somehow. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yikes. Yeah. All right, guys. That is it for another, ooh, maxi size, extra hot, great, almost two hours. Uh, We didn't fall back when it came time to springing into action (laughs) with our summer TV picks and pans before going around the dial with stops at Veep, Hollywood Game Night, West Wing, Clone High, True Tory, and remind me of other ones. Louie. And another T show. And Turn. Thank you. 
Joe unsuccessfully pitched us the Palm Springs episode of the comeback for the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week. And Joe, for the value guest camp, was the winner of this week's reality show game time. Remember. We're listening. I am David T. Cole. And on behalf of Tara Ariano. Aloe vera, please. Sarah D. Bunting. One point. And Joe Reed. I don't need to see that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Crate. She's got a tongue like an electric eel and she likes the taste of a man's tonsils.